Hey everybody, it's Bina007 back for another 10 minutes movie review. And this week I want to very quickly cover three art house films that are releasing either in the US or the UK. And also uh, Red, White and Blue, which is a very mainstream rom-com available on Amazon Prime Video as of last week. So let's start off in quality order. The first film under review is Kokomo City. I think this is a five-star film. It's very short, actually. It's only 73 minutes long. It's a documentary that played the Berlin Film Festival, BFI Flair and Sundance earlier this year. And it's currently on release in the USA and the UK as of this weekend. It's a really beautifully photographed, deeply moving documentary about the brutal reality of being a trans woman in contemporary America. The director is a trans woman herself, Dee Smith, and she centers her film around four interviews with trans women in Atlanta and New York City. They are Daniela Carter, Coco Dadol, Leah Mitchell, and Dominique Silver. And their interviews are so frank, so raw, sometimes very funny, sometimes very vulnerable, really insightful and were so thought provoking for me. And really, as all the best films do that are documentaries, allow you to walk in someone else's shoes and come out the other side with a newfound empathy and sympathy with their lives. These women discuss what their lives are as sex workers, some of the enjoyment they get from it, but also the brutal reality, the fear they are often in, um, which I didn't realise this until after watching the film, but one of the interviewees was murdered shortly after the film debuted at Sundance. So, so tragic and clearly shows just how vulnerable trans women, especially black trans women are in contemporary society. The film also shows us something about the cis men who use their services and in particular has a really interesting discussion about gender norms in contemporary black society and especially the idea that in a very toxic masculinity for some men the ability to admit to being attracted to a trans woman would be incredibly difficult and some of the behaviours and violence that results from that. It's really fascinating and I applaud not just the four women who were interviewed here, but also the two men who are their Johns who also agree to be interviewed. There's a really, I think, fascinating discussion going on about gender norms in black society and the relationship also between cis and trans women in that society. The other thing to say is that this film looks beautiful. It's all shot in black and white. Apparently, Dee Smith has a background in making music videos, and you can really see that both in the immediacy of how it's edited, but also some of the music choices. Um, So I'd really encourage you to see Kokomo City. If you're in the UK, you can watch it in selected cinemas, but it's also available to stream on demand. Okay, so my second film under review is another art house independent film called Medusa Deluxe. Um, This has a running time of 101 minutes. It's rated R. It actually played the London Film Festival last year, but I couldn't get to see it then. I'm really pleased that it's now on release, um, both in the USA and in the UK, once again in selected cinemas and on video on demand, so you can watch it at home. Medusa Deluxe is the directorial debut of Thomas Hardyman, and it kind of feels like it's absorbed uh, things from Peter Strickland, Alan Partridge, 
It is set in the world of regional hairdressing competitions. So the stakes are very comedically low. It's a black comedy. It's dystopian. It's a bit of a murder mystery. There's a lot going on in this film. It's so unusual and so bizarre, but strangely compelling. All of the action takes place in this convention centre, I guess, where the hairdressing competition is taking place. And we're amongst these hairdressers, they're models, and we realise that one of the hot contenders, Mosca, has just been both murdered and scalped, um, which I guess is the nature of being in a hairdressing competition, where the obsession and the competition is at such a heightened pitch of violence. But that's not the only skullduggery that is on display in this film. We have accusations that the competition judge is being bought. We have accusations of infidelity, especially when Mosca's grieving partner arrives with their baby. Um, I think this film has such amazing laugh out loud, darkly comic lines. I loved Claire Perkins, who plays Cleve. I think she steals the show with her. It's almost tragic comic, her obsession with winning this competition and the violence lurking just under the surface that she kind of reframes as being a strong black woman. It's just a film that really takes us into the heart of how women speak to each other about what it is to be a parent, what it is to have to channel all of your ambition in this apparently trivial thing that is regional hairdressing, because maybe you didn't have other paths open to you because you came from a particular socioeconomic background. So there is something more profound and more authentic and deeper underneath this bizarrely held conceit that powers this film. The other thing to say about the film is that I don't know how Thomas Hardiman did it, but he got the cinematographer Robbie Ryan to shoot his film. And it's such a dark, brooding, claustrophobic feeling to this film, the way it's lit and the way his camera work just takes us into bathrooms and the claustrophobia of these small spaces where the hair is being worked on and women are just bitching and talking and slagging people off and swearing. And it, it kind of feels intimate and gritty. And I just really loved it. I could have spent so much time with these women. Is the murder mystery conceit well enough plotted or executed? You're asking a woman who is doing a linear reread of Agatha Christie right now, and you can listen to those podcasts if you Google vassals of Kingsgrave. Um, so I love a murder mystery. This is not a great murder mystery, but it doesn't matter because it's all about the atmosphere, the character and some of the comedy. And I have to say that the pre-end credit sequence is one of the most brilliantly, audaciously funny things I've seen on screen in a long time. So I cannot wait to see what writer-director Thomas Hardiman does next. I think this first feature really is worth your time. And as I said, you can watch it both in the US and UK right now. Okay, so on to my third film, which is another art house indie movie called Corner Office, which has a running time of 101 minutes. It's rated PG-13. It actually played the Tribeca and Raindance festivals earlier this year and opened in the USA earlier this month. Um, it's also a debut feature by a director called Joachim Back. And it's also a really dark black comedy with a very dry wit. 
that satirizes the pre-pandemic office worker hell, and I speak from experience here, that is the open plan floor plate office staffed with irritating co-workers in cubicles. And I think it's funny that it stars uh, John Hamm, best known as as playing um, the star of Mad Men, another office-based um, dramedy, I guess. Um, but this time, rather than being smooth and slick and handsome, he's deliberately playing schlubby and dystopian and holds his co-workers in disdain. Um, and he he secretly, apparently the film is adapted from a novel by a Swedish novelist called Jonas Carlsson called The Room. And the plot of this movie revolves around John Hamm's character discovering this amazing room that is a beautiful corner office. It's luxuriously decorated, but best of all, it has no one else in it. It is a proper office with a beautiful desk, a beautiful chair, it's silent, it has sofas. And basically, John Hamm's character makes it his mission to be able to occupy this office. And he lobbies his colleagues and supervisor to do this. But nobody believes that it exists. They don't accept that it exists. They think he's mad. Um, They cannot find it on floor plans. And it's kind of this hard balancing act because he knows it exists. And a lesser person (laughs) would find themselves trapped in a Kafkaesque situation when no one believed them and crumble but his self-belief is so strong and his wiliness is so uh, brilliantly Machiavellian and his work is so good so it's not that the office workers can dismiss him because he's actually really good at what he does so that's the kind of the slow build to the climax of the film I have to say that for me it's a brilliant conceit it's I love everything about this movie it's well acted the dry wit is good the production design is good the cinematography is great The only thing wrong with it is the length. And it feels to me like it's a sort of one trick pony. And it would have been better maybe as like a one hour TV episode of Black Mirror rather than trying to stretch it into a feature length film. Nonetheless, I really did enjoy it and would recommend Corner Office. Finally, I just wanted to touch on a movie at the very opposite end of the spectrum of filmmaking, which is Red, White and Royal Blue, which um, started screening last week on Amazon Prime Video and is very much not an art house movie. It's a mainstream romantic comedy, um, but starring two actors playing homosexual lovers, which is, I guess, really lovely to see that that is now a part of mainstream filmmaking. I think the way I would describe Red, White and Royal Blue is that it is Bridgerton adjacent. <laughs> it's a, it's just a mildly entertaining piece of fluff. It satisfies our need for cheesy rom-coms where love triumphs over bigotry, everyone looks beautiful, and the sex scenes are steamy but still reassuringly safe in that way that Bridgerton does it. I think it's really fun, actually. It's just light, it's fun, and it's just really great to see an interracial gay couple on screen. Representation matters. And frankly, the fact that that the mother of one of the characters gives him a good sex talk about safe sex and protection as a gay man is also really important to see on screen. Um, It stars Nicholas Galitzine as uh, a closeted gay British royal prince 
who falls for the Latina bisexual son of the US president. Um, he's played by Taylor Zakar Perez, both perfectly good actors, both very good looking, and they actually do seem to have some chemistry. Um, Galitzine is actually not gay in real life. I'm not sure how we feel about that. It's a classic meet cute. They start out hating each other. They're forced to spend time together because the president is negotiating a trade deal with Britain. Um, the president, by the way, is played by Uma Thurman doing this insane southern accent, which really made me laugh. And her husband is played by Clifton Collins Jr. Where has he been? Um, great to see him back on screen. They are super supportive of their son, um, both in terms of him coming out of the closet and also his political ambitions. Um, this stands in sharp contrast to the homophobic British king, played by the real-life gay Stephen Fry, um, which was amazing to see him in this film, presumably because he wants to make a point about homosexual acceptance and anti-homophobia. I find that both in terms of the caricature of the ultra accepting American parents and the ultra not accepting British king, it was very simplistically handled. Um, and I get why this is just a fluffy rom-com. But anyway, this is not meant to be a work of art. I think it's really fun. I think it's important. And kudos to Tony Award winning playwright uh, Matthew Lopez for getting this movie on screen and for making once again his debut feature, um, Red, White and Royal Blue. I would recommend it also. It's rated R, has a running time of just under two hours. And as I said before, it was released last weekend on Amazon Prime Video. So there you go. You've got a great spectrum of films available for you to watch this weekend. Everything for the wonderful art house craziness that is Medusa Deluxe, the dystopian drama Corner Office, Kokomo City, which is such a heartwarming, heartbreaking documentary, and then Red, White and Blue to lift up your heart and make you think of a more progressive future. Whatever you watch this weekend, I hope you have a great time and thank you for listening. 